Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. The Undercover Boss. I don't know whether you've seen the uh, program, uh, so all will become a little bit more plain as we go through uh, the message this morning. But I want to just split it into two parts this morning. There was a song that we used to sing uh, in church many, many years ago. Little chorus, um, uh, he is Lord, he is risen from the dead and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Then we used to slip in a second verse. He's my Lord. He is risen from the dead, and he's my Lord. And so this morning, I want to look at he is Lord, and then I want to look at he is my Lord. Because this figure, this person, this higher power, however you want to term it, is that God is out there, and he's up there, and he's all around but he has come to be a personal God. He's come not just to be the Lord, but he's come to be my Lord. In Romans 10, it says this. What does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He says, for it is with your heart that you believe, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith, and there is salvation. And so I want to look at professing him as Lord, but I want to look at him uh, believing in our heart that he is my Lord. Is that okay? So, he is Lord. Revelation chapter 1, verse 18 says this, When I saw him, that is Jesus Christ, I fell at his feet. As though I was dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. Though I am the first and the last, the living one who died, who is now alive forevermore, who has the keys of hell and death, do not be afraid. Can I say this morning that that is our Lord, that he has taken the keys of hell and death and that he is now Lord, he now reigns, he is alive forevermore, there is no need to be afraid. He took the keys when he paid the ultimate price on the cross. He not only died for our sin, 
he not only died for our salvation, but he took hold of a set of keys that were in somebody else's hands for a long time. And he took back possession. He took back and became the rightful owner of those keys. And we can now have confidence that we have a Lord that is in charge of our life and everything about our life. And that is the good news this morning, that he is the Lord. Colossians chapter 1, I'm just going to read through this, verses 15 to 20. I'm going to break down each verse. These are declaring who Jesus is. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So when we read about Jesus and we understand about him through what we read in the Bible, it says that he is the visible image of the invisible God. Listen, Jesus existed before anything else was created. He's not an afterthought. He's not somebody that came just 2,000 years ago. Jesus was there before anything else was created and is supreme over all creation. He is supreme. So this Jesus who is in our lives, he is king. He is supreme. He has taken the keys. He is the rightful owner and he has always been in existence, not just when he was born through his mother, Mary. 16 says, for though Christ, God, sorry, for through Christ, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made all things we can see and all things we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Christ and for him. This is how powerful Jesus is. That's why we call him Lord. 17. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. This Jesus that lives in my life this morning, and in your life, if you've invited him into your life, he is holding all creation in his hands. All this information is so important that we understand that he is Lord. So that when we begin to hit life, and life begins to hit us, we understand who is Lord. It's not problems, it's not presidents, it's not prime ministers, it's not monarchy. He primarily is Lord. And that's where our faith lies. Verse 18, Christ is also the head of the church. Not this building, church. He's the head of the church as in you and I, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he is first in everything. He's absolute supreme. 19, 
For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. God was pleased to live in Christ. Verse 20. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. So Jesus was the the go-to. He was the vessel that God used to reconcile everything, win back everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. That's our Jesus this morning. That's our Jesus. And it's interesting that the the bulk of the time that Jesus was called Lord Jesus was after his resurrection. There are times when he was called Lord. Most of the times by himself. And it was only after he had risen from the dead and shown that he had power over death and was resurrected back to life that the disciples and everybody about recognized that he was the Christ. He was Lord. He was champion. He was supreme. He was the one, the Messiah, the one that they'd all been waiting for. As we know many times, even the disciples deserted Jesus, once he was crucified, nobody was anywhere to be seen. But once Jesus had demonstrated, God had demonstrated through Jesus that he was Lord over death as well as life and resurrected him, he became the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our Lord this morning. If you're a Christian this morning, if you've invited God Jesus into your life that is who is in charge and has hold of your hand and we if we haven't got that narrative and that perspective I want to encourage you to read that those few verses again from Colossians chapter 1 15 to 20 they are great verses that declare who he is But now what I want to do is move then from this magnificent Lord, this magnificent Jesus that that wants to be my Lord. And he becomes my Lord. And I want to use the metaphor of the undercover boss. And I don't know whether you've watched it, but it's a great program to watch anyway. But if you've not watched it, the concept is that a boss would go undercover. We got the slide there. Sorry, it's there somewhere. There we go. Undercover boss. So the concept was that they would get a boss to uh, look very, very different and put him on the shop floor so that nobody would recognize that it's actually their MD, it's actually their boss. And that they would put the boss on the shop floor so that the boss would understand the, 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 the circumstances, the situation, the surroundings, um, the, 
that the, his, his workers were working in. And for him to understand, maybe from their perspective, what it's like to work for his company. And maybe see a different perspective. And where he could improve um, on his provision for his workforce. And there was one um, particular one that I um, uh, enjoyed watching. And it was about a car valitor. And he worked for a very big um, second-hand car sales room uh, up in the north. Huge, huge, huge business. And this, this guy absolutely loved his job. And he was meticulous. And he would, he would get every bit of dirt, every bit of crumb. He, when you watched what he did for the money that he earned, it didn't justify it at all. But this guy was dedicated to send every car out pristine. To send every car out with no marks, no crumbs, nothing shoved under the seats, no old parking tickets, nothing. The, the car just smelled absolutely beautiful. And he took absolute pride in his job. And yet behind the scenes, he was struggling financially, struggling bringing up his family. He was struggling with the wage that he was getting. But that didn't affect what he did. And so his boss, and one of the interpretations for Lord is boss, is somebody who has authority, power, and control. And so this guy goes on the shop floor, and he spends a day with this guy. And he sees how earnest this guy is. He saw how meticulous and how driven he was. And then it comes to the end of the program, like all these programs, and comes the big reveal. And the boss reveals himself to the car valitor. And I can't remember the whole story, so I'm going to have to guess. Some of the information may be wrong, but it goes along this line. that The boss rewarded him and said, I didn't realize how much effort you put in for so little money. I'm going to lift your wage up to X amount of pounds. I'm going to pay, I think he gave him, I think he paid his mortgage off and he gave him 10,000 pounds. And he made sure that his family were cared for. Because the boss came to his world, came into where he was on what he was doing and gained an understanding of what his employee was doing for him. And so the car valitor got rewarded for what he did. The relationship never changed. The boss was still the boss and the employee was still the employee, but the relationship changed. There was a shift in the relationship because the boss understood his passion. The boss understood his family, li his family life. The boss understood his personal struggles. The boss began to understand where this guy wanted to get to in life. 
realized that he wanted to provide for his family, improve things in his home, mend some things, be able to purchase some things. And how much he loved his family and wanted to provide for his family. And that whole understanding that the undercover boss got changed the relationship. Listen to this from Hebrews chapter 4. So then, since we have a great high priest, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, who has entered into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest, this Jesus of ours, understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings that we do. Yet he did not fail and he did not sin. So it says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, where we will receive his mercy and that we will find grace and help when we need it most. Can I say this morning that Jesus became our undercover boss? When God sent him to this earth, he lived 30 years in obscurity. Apart from a couple of years where it's noted when he was around 12, where he disappeared to the temple. We don't know anything more about Jesus at all. Just the last three years of his life. And I want to put it to you this morning that in those 30 years of obscurity, that we know nothing about Jesus, the only thing that was recorded about him, that he grew in the knowledge and in the stature of his father. So he was going through a growing process. So when he came to be the Lord and master, when he came to be um, uh, with his disciples and with his followers, he was ready, he was prepared, and he could walk with them and talk with them and help them and, and get them on their way. And I believe it was because he had 30 years with his parents, particularly with his father, working in the carpenter's shop, dealing with people, dealing with family situations, dealing with all kinds of stuff in his life, that he understands the weaknesses that we have. The disappointments that you have. The challenges that you have. The things that go wrong. The desertion of people and of friends and of close people. Being deserted, being left out, being left alone, being denied by one of your closest friends three times. Saying, I did not know this person. This is my Lord this morning. A guy that was tested and, and understands all the stuff that I go through on a daily basis. The temptations, 
the trials, the traumas, the death, the loss, the grief, the missing, being upset, being left alone, being deserted, being ignored. This Jesus, this Savior, this supreme being has been on this earth and has lived the life that every one of us are living this morning. And that's why the writer of Hebrews could say that we don't have a God. We don't have a Lord that does not understand. But it says that he is moved with our weaknesses and our troubles and our issues because he's been there. And so rather than this Lord being up there on this big throne, he is right by my side. And Jesus is my friend this morning. And he's there by my side when I'm going through stuff. When life doesn't seem to be quite working its way out, when relationships go pear-shaped, when things don't seem to be going to plan, he's right there and he's saying, it's okay, I've got this. It's all in my hands. I've got this. It's not going to go away. Not all of this I'm going to remove from your life, but I'm right there. I went through it. I got deserted. I got ignored. I got hurt. I got betrayed. But I got through it. I found a way through. I found the strength that my father gave me. And I'm going to give you that strength too. And that's the Jesus that's in our lives. And I want to just finish this message this morning. Very quick one this morning. I've done very well this morning. I want to finish this message this morning. And I don't want it to be a royal finish either. Um, I am finishing. That as we walk with Jesus and understand that he is right there by my side, that making Christ Lord of our life is a lifetime's journey. There is one saying that I dislike. And that saying is that if God is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. I do not believe that. Because there's none of us that can stand here this morning, if you can have a word with me, because I want to know how you've got there, that can say he is Lord of everything. Because he's not. It's a growing process. It's a daily process of learning to let him be Lord in my life. So it's a lifelong journey. And I want to say these three things. Where I allow trust in God in my today, it develops faith for my tomorrow. Where I allow trust in my Jesus today will develop faith for my tomorrow. The struggle I face today with Jesus develops strength for my tomorrow. And thirdly, as I allow God, as I allow Jesus to step into my day today, he changes my perspective for tomorrow. And if we manage those three things well in our life, we will find 
that our, our life with God will grow from strength to strength. Knowing that as I allow him to step into everything that's going on in my world, that it will ch- he will help me change my perspective for tomorrow. And I will live wiser. I will live stronger. I'll live better. And I'll have more about me in my day tomorrow because I have learned something yesterday. And it's all by understanding that this great high priest is now my Lord and he is right by my side. And he's my friend. And as I have learned that over the years, that he's not a God that's there with a big stick and he's not looking and, and waving at me when I sin and waving at me when I go wrong and feeling condemnation and feeling like I'm a failure. That is not God this morning. God doesn't come to point out our sin. He comes to point out Jesus. And as he, as he grows Jesus, the, our understanding of him, we grow away from those things and he becomes Lord. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You need both those elements. He is Lord and he's my Lord. Lord, we thank you this morning for your lordship. We thank you that you became our undercover boss. Lord, we thank you this morning that, yes, we don't have a Lord, we don't have a boss that doesn't understand where we're at. But, Lord, you were touched by all those things and now in our lives. Lord, I pray that we would leave this place, Lord, with a little bit more understanding, with a little bit more clarity, and, Lord, just with with a desire to maybe shift a few of our mindsets and have a fresh and new understanding of your lordship, of who you are and where you are in our lives. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.